Welcome to the Pittsburgh Beautiful Podcast. This week, my guest is Christy Lukasiak. You may know her from a reality TV series, Dance Moms. Um, I met Christy via Instagram. I noticed that she had hashtag something Pittsburgh Beautiful, and I'm always following those hashtags. And when I checked out her social profile, I saw that she had a lot of followers. And I had never heard of her. Admittedly, I'm not the kind of person that will watch something like Dance Moms. And I was a little embarrassed to tell her that uh, when we sat down. But thankfully, thankfully, I think she was actually grateful that I hadn't watched the show um, in a funny sort of way. But we had a great conversation. I reached out to her. She does a lot of her own social media, which is pretty incredible. That makes her a do-it-yourself kind of gal. Uh, I'm a do-it-yourself kind of guy. Uh, so that was a perfect fit. But I, I found Christy to be incredibly engaging and fun to talk to. She's a Pittsburgher through and through. And uh, that's what we talk about, her life here in Pittsburgh and what brought her through to Dance Moms and then remaining a mom in Pittsburgh after having opportunities to obviously relocate to other parts of the country. So without any further ado, we're going to get right to this podcast with Christy Lukasiak. The Pittsburgh Beautiful Podcast starts now. Here I am at Starbucks in Cranberry with Christy Lukasiak. And uh, first, I want to thank you for being here. Yeah, thank you so much for having it's me. A, I was really excited to do this. Oh, I'm glad. It's, yeah. it, it's a real honor. Um, I met Christy actually on Instagram. <laughs> I noticed something in my feed. I don't know if you had hashtagged it Pittsburgh Beautiful or just Pittsburgh or maybe your social media manager did or something. No, I do my own Instagram. You do all of oh, your yeah, own Instagram? I do. Okay. Yep, I run Impressive. all my social That's a, It's got a huge following, too. So. Um, I had the benefit of being on TV for a very long time. I know, I know. Nonetheless, it's big. Thank you. It's big. Um, so for those of you who are listening, if you don't know, Christy uh, was one of the moms on Dance Moms. Yes, yes. Um, and I, I will be the first to admit we've talked off off podcast. I, I never watched that show. And I'm I thank you for it. And you did. No, tons of guys come up to me all the time. And they were like, oh my God, I love the show so much. And I'm like, you're a guy. But um, I thank you for not watching it. Because uh, you're welcome. I, I was not the most... Um, uh, exemplary citizen on that show. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. Little, well, you seem to be a nice. Sassy. Was that sassy. planned? Did you kind of, or were you just in the moment? I mean, oh God, this is like, this could be a 10 hour podcast. Um, no, it, I am. I mean, I think everybody has different facets of their personality and it's just kind of like what's happening at the time and what they choose to show and like what you're exploiting or playing up. So of course, like I can't, say that I didn't say the things I did, but sometimes like you didn't always get the full backstory. Of course not. I think know? most of us realize that in yeah. reality. Oh no, you'd be surprised. Shows. You'd be surprised. Well, okay. Maybe I'm just talking about most of me. Yeah. <laughs> you'd be surprised how many people are like, how'd you get here so fast? Like on a Wednesday, I'd see them somewhere because the show would air on Tuesday. Really? Oh my God. I, like, I don't even, I don't want to even go there. I was like, you realize that we don't live in that little box on like on your mantle or wherever you're watching. It was really <laughs> on your <odd>. phone. <laughs> yeah. Weird, How'd you weird. get here so How'd you fast? Get here so f- I mean, I'm not exaggerating yeah. when I say the weird questions I would get. Well, I mean, yeah, I'm not even going to go there. Yeah. So I, <laughs> so I, I reached out to Christy and I, I thought it would be great because the, the gist of our podcast at Pittsburgh beautiful is to tell stories about really about Pittsburghers, not just Pittsburgh. And, um, when I, when I went to her Instagram page, not knowing who she was, I, I just thought, oh, here's an interesting person who tags something Pittsburgh. And I get there and I see 2 million followers. And I'm thinking, who is this? 
you know, is this like a, is this honest, honestly, yeah, I'm, sure. I'm not trying to flatter you or anything like that. Um, I mean, I hope I do, but um, I thought what person who has a huge following and it is, is this a star that flew under the radar that like tagged us or no, she's from Pittsburgh. No, she I'm lives, she lives in the North Hills. And um, so I reached out and said, Hey, I'd, I'd like to know a little bit more about you. Here's what I do. And you graciously accepted and Aww. found out that you were on dance moms. So um, you were born basically in Pittsburgh in, in North Braddock. Yep. Right? I, I was born in North Braddock in the late seventies. Like, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Right after the deer hunter came out. Right after the deer hunter. Oh, my God. Yeah. When you think back to, like, late 70s, like, North Braddock, Pittsburgh, like, it was definitely, it was, like, that industrial time. It was, like, the steel mills and, like, the beards and the unfortunate, like, flash dance situation. And, well, that's, a, that's, <laughs> that's the 80s. 80s but right. close but you enough. know what I mean. Yeah, I it, was it might like, have been 81. So. Was it 81? I don't know. I was pretty 80 young. Or 81. It was pretty, yeah. it was yeah. pretty um, you know, stereotypical. And everyone had this, like this vision of Pittsburgh being like this blue collared steel town. And it really was. And like, I was born here in the heyday of it all. And like, that's what I know. Like I came from a very blue collar family. Mm-hmm. And you um, mentioned that when we talked before you were born and raised for a period of time mm-hmm. in North Braddock. Yep. Um, but you actually spent a little bit of time in your childhood outside of the city because your was it your stepfather or your father? Yeah, it, my stepfather. Your stepfather actually lost his job when the steel yep, mills went under. He sure did. Um, he worked in the mill. I think it was actually. Oh, you'll have to forgive me. I think it was the mill in Glassport. If there okay. was like an operating mill in the early '80s around that time, when the mill shut down, he lost his job. Like I think a lot of men in the city did. And he joined the Navy. Like he enlisted. He wasn't an officer. He was like an enlisted man. And at six years old, um, you know, we we moved like my mother, him and myself. And my of course, my grandparents and whatnot are Pittsburghers and they were retired at the time. So they stayed here. Um, And we we had to migrate out because there was just no jobs. And so from the age of six till my, till I was a freshman, I came back and forth in between, like there was a lot of moves. And so I would come back and forth and stay with my grandparents, but I really came back in ninth grade and we moved to Monroeville and then I went to Gateway, which I know your wife did. She did. Yeah. She did. Go Gators. Yeah. She, she graduated. <laughs> That's so weird uh, to say so many years later. Yeah. And I'm not going to say when she graduated, she'd get mad at me. Um, but yeah. So coming back to Pittsburgh, I think you had mentioned that that was something that your mother wanted to do. Sure. Her parents are here and I did like my whole childhood. It was like, I, I just wanted to be home. Pittsburgh was my home. That's where my family was. And, you know, there was just something so, I don't know. It's so welcoming. And I think because my family was here, but I just always wanted to come back to Pittsburgh. We were talking about like the penguins, the first time they won the Stanley cup. Uh I was in eighth grade and I was in Connecticut. And I remember I was so upset because I wanted to watch the game and there was no way hockey was being broadcast at that time, like in Connecticut for, I think it was Minnesota and Pittsburgh. And like, I was friends with this boy who was from Minnesota. We were at this party. I'm using air quotes because when you're in eighth grade, is it really a party or are you hanging out? Well, I guess it's a party. Yeah. And we were like tuning in through static to like hear the the game because I was like, I'm from Pittsburgh. I just want to hear. And I was like so excited they won. So, yeah, um, I don't know. I totally got off subject. But my point is, is like Pittsburgh is in my veins. Well, no, that was that was perfectly on subject. It was basically the year before you moved back. Yep. And it never, it never left you so often when you're young yeah. and you move somewhere, 
you, you don't really have a memory of where you're from. I mean, you, you know, you, yeah. you know, your family's from there and you have some memories of it. Um, like I, when, when you compare it to me, I was born in a town in central PA. Mm -hmm. Um, now my grandmother was from Castle Shannon, which is in yeah. the South Hills, but in the seventies, you know, I was born in 1970. So in the 70s, we came to Pittsburgh a lot. But every time we came to Pittsburgh, it was for a funeral. Oh, my God. So I'm telling you right now, <laughs> I, I truly believe it. Because when you're a nine-year-old, yeah, you believe things. Like, you just think this is the way the universe works. I really thought that, like, it. I had no comprehension that relatives lived here, lived their lives. They were born here. They were raised here. They got a job here. And then they passed away here. I just thought this is where you came to die. Oh. I, I was... <laughs> Totally convinced. I'm, I'm, not, I'm serious. You're laughing, but I, I'm dead serious. I believe you, I, but I'm sure there's other people out there who think that you come to Pittsburgh to die too. Well, they don't know. <laughs> how funny is it now, in retrospect, being able to look back on it at that time in Pittsburgh? This was, for lack of a better term, a dying region. Yeah. So I, I always find it so interesting that my life came full circle, and I ended up back here almost 30 years ago, and I and I love it. But you know, you took. North Braddock with you. So, and, and, and those were your memories and you came back and tell me about North Braddock, what you remember, because that's an area right now that's oh. got a, it's getting a lot of interest from people. Yeah. Right you know, back when I was little and we lived with my grandparents until I was six, like literally, I don't remember. I know sometimes people are like, Oh, Braddock, North Braddock, you know, it has I don't know if it still does, but I know at a time it had like negative connotations and well, thoughts I went and through feelings. some really sure. hard times, yeah. But I mean, to me, I didn't really experience that. It was like that's where my family lived. I mean, I remember like the train tracks were right by my grandparents' house. Like the trains would go by. Like our biggest fear was the trains. You know, yeah. like stay stay away we, from the tracks. Yeah, right. Um, you know, I used to watch people walk back and forth, up and down, um, and cross the bridge to go to the mill. Um, you know, every morning I would drive with my grandfather down to Gunther's and we would go get bread and donuts and, oh God, I miss their cream filled donuts so much. Um, I still think about them to this day. And I think that bakery has been closed for, oh, at least 30. It might not even be there. 30. Oh no, it's, it's the, so long meaning, gone. Meaning the, dra the, the, was it on the main street? Yep. It was so the main street. So there's so many buildings there have been completely torn I down. The building been, might not even have been there. Yeah, I have not been back to that area. I mean, I drive through every once in a while, but I really have no reason since my grandparents have passed away. Um, but I just remember it being like busy. Like there was always people on the street. Like all the neighbors were always out front, like all the gossipy, like little yeah. ladies. You yeah. know, I just, that's what I remember. And I remember, oh God, I shouldn't throw my grandmother under the bus, but like, I remember back then, like all of the kids would have bottle rockets and like my grandmother would give us a cigarette to go light the bottle rockets. It was so yeah. bad. Like you would go to prison now for that, but I know, isn't that crazy? Yeah. Though? I mean, but really. I mean, we didn't smoke this. I mean, I'm sure one of my cousins did. But, oh yeah. But I mean, she like, might've been handing them cigarettes on the side too. Maybe. Well, she wouldn't have done that. She would probably like kicked our butts had we done that, but she thought <laughs> nothing of giving us a cigarette to go like bottle. Yeah. Rockets. Here's a cigarette. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, like, she used to give me a little rolled up note, like, and I'd walk up to Bandex and buy her a pack of Paul Malls and, like, I love chip jam. I love it. You know? Yeah. And, yeah. and I think I was And they'd five. sell them to you because they knew you weren't smoking them. No. You're you were taking they, them to grandma. They, they, they knew They her. were like, oh, you're taking these to live. Yeah, yeah. I love it. I will never forget. So when I was in college, I went to Gannon in Erie, and I was living with my grandparents, um you know, for breaks and stuff. I was, I was staying in North Braddock with them and they were substantially older. 
And I was out with friends one night and I was driving back to their house and it was after midnight and I got pulled over by a cop and I don't know what I did. I mean, I don't, I probably ran on stop sign. I don't know. And I got pulled over and I was really nervous. And the cop was like, what are you doing in this area at this time of night? Because I'm like this young girl with like a, Right. driver's and, license and, right and braddock had changed in braddock had changed right and my license said monroeville like as my address because that's where my parents house was but i was with my grandparents at the time and i was like oh i'm staying with my grandparents she's like well who's your grandfather or who are your grandparents and i said oh it's liz and andy Elias down the street and he was like oh you're andy's granddaughter go ahead it was like they it's just everyone knew everyone you know it was yeah. just like not a not a big Thing. It was very insular. Very, insular. Yeah, insular. Yeah. And and so then you you transitioned to Connecticut. Um, sure, that was a totally different feeling. Totally. And um, when you moved back to the Pittsburgh area, you moved back to Monroeville mm-hmm. and ended up going to Gateway, yep. graduating Gateway. Move up to Erie. Why? Why did you choose Gannon? What was the What was the draw there? You know, probably. Oh God, I wish I had a better reason than this. I don't really know. I was a dumb eighteen year old, and I was like, "Oh, it's it's a school that's close, but it's far." And I, I was a cheerleader at the time, and they gave me scholarship money, and I could cheer, and it was small enough. I, I honestly don't have like this great reason, which is unfortunate. I think sometimes you just have to like trust that fate took you where you were supposed to go. Right. Um. And now I think kids like there's so much pressure on making the perfect right decision for Too college. Too much pressure. And I, I, think. I didn't yeah. have a reason. I wanted to go to school. I I was the first. I was was one of the first kids in our family to like go to college. But it was just like it was small enough that it was I wouldn't get lost. It was close enough but far enough. Just I don't know. It so just really, you just out. you picked it. It yeah, was an eerie. I was like, it was oh, close. I went and saw it. I was like, oh, yeah. this is good. We'll go here. Yeah. Listen, your reason isn't that far off from a lot of people. My mother laid a brochure down on the table uh, in 1987 and said, this is Drexel University in Philly. Your cousins go to school there. You have to go to college. You should probably you should probably apply. And <laughs> me being a dumb 17-year-old boy who really could have given to you-know-whats about what was going on, uh, filled out the application, got accepted, and went to Drexel. For no re- absolutely no, no good reason. reason. Yep. Ended up being, as far as schooling goes, for me, best decision I ever made. Of course. That's a whole other podcast. Yeah, but I, I don't think I think that that your reason is not uncommon. Yeah, I just wish I had like this grand story, especially because <laughs> I lecture my girls all the time about everything, yeah. and my story <laughs> yeah. isn't grand. Mine's yeah. just like, well, it worked out. Yeah, do what I say, not what I do. Exactly. <laughs> isn't that the way? Yeah, but I I think you're right. There is a, there's an awful lot of pressure. Um, you know, you obviously have children who've gone through oh, it. God, I have yeah. children that are going through it right now. Um, I try my best to not pressure them. Um, it's so much. Like these kids, oh, I mean, just. Yeah, and the SAT scores and all that I stuff. I can't even and, believe. Yeah. I, when I, I took the SAT, I took the PSSAs or PS. PSAT, yeah. God, there's so many tests now. Yeah. I can't even keep yeah. them straight. I took the PSATs once. I got a decent score. So I'm like, oh, I'll take the SATs. Took them once. Yep. Now, like, Same with it's me. this whole thing. And, yep. and to be honest, I did pretty well compared it, to, like, what these kids do today. Well, and the scoring's different and all that. So. All right, listen, I did really yeah. well. Don't okay. take that good, away from good, me. Good, good. I did ex- <laughs> outstanding yeah. considering the way I felt when I took the test. Anyway, um, let's go back to Pittsburgh. Yeah. So uh, what we'll do is we're going to wrap it up and uh, take a quick break, and then we'll then we'll be right back. So 
Uh, we'll move on from Gannon to your return here and what's going on in your life now and, and why you're still in Pittsburgh. So we'll be back after a break. Okay, we're back here with Christy Lukasiak. Um, and uh, before the break, we started we started kind of getting off track there with SAT scores and things like that. I have a like tendency that. to do that. I'm so sorry. Yeah, but I'm a willing, ready, willing, and able participant. <laughs> trust me. Um, so now at this point in your life, you, you've, you've graduated from Gannon University in Erie. Mm-hmm. And you have the opportunity to take a step in the world. And at that age, what a wonderful age that is. You know? It, yeah, it, it, it's blissfully oblivious. <laughs> yes, it is. So your step was where? It was back to Pittsburgh. I, I had to come back. Um, I was, I feel like I spent my whole life trying to like those years that I was away trying to get back to my grandparents. I was incredibly close to them and I, I just came back. It was comfortable. So I, I headed back home, back to them. Um, and so back to, back to Braddock. Yeah, I went back. Um, and I, at that point I had just gotten engaged to my husband um, which, you know, now I look back and I'm like, my God, I was engaged, like graduating from college. I wouldn't recommend that now, but at the time it was like right for me. Happens all the time. It ha- happens all the time. And it, you know what? I'm still with him. So it was obviously meant to, be. meant to be. So he was in Oil City. I came back to Pittsburgh. I became a, <laughs> um, I passed my series seven. I became a financial player. You play- did not, I really? Yes. I, nobody has ever been more ill-equipped for a position than that. I mean, I passed it. I was smart like that, but it was just not a good What thing. year was this? That was 1999. Okay, I was out of it then. I, yeah. I spent in a previous life, I, I was a little stint as a stockbroker. Yeah. But it was before I, that. I was so, a little bit, I, yeah. I was a stockbroker. I, I don't even say that word because I feel like such an imposter when I say it. But, okay, so that, yeah. that didn't work out. That didn't work out. That was not for me. <laughs> right. Clearly. Um, so my husband was, or my fiance was in oil city and uh, I was a stockbroker. Can't even say the words. Um, and he, all of a sudden one day called me and he's like, Hey, I just got a job offer at the trip and as a reporter. And he's like, I'm moving to Pittsburgh. And I'm like, wait, what? We, we weren't getting married yet. And he was like, um, this is what's going on. And just financially, we were two kids out of school, like not making any money. Right. And, um, we were like, I think we need to move in together. So we got an apartment and, you know, planning the wedding. And our first apartment was over near Frick Park, um, Point Breeze. Breeze. Yep. (laughs) Quickly realized that we were really living beyond our means, (laughs) I think is a lot. Even back then. Even back then. Because it's a lot more expensive now. Is it? Yeah, I think so. Well, we were in the building that's now the Environmental Charter School building. That was like our first loft apartment. And then we quickly realized after about three months that we could not afford that. Um, and then we moved over to Turtle Creek and we were much, much more comfortable financially. Right. Right. So got married and then lo and behold, like a couple months after I got married, I found out that I was expecting my first daughter at 24. Go figure. I mean, I, again, did I mention I was ill-equipped to be a stockbroker? <laughs> I was super ill-prepared to be a parent at yeah. 24. Yeah. So we had her, I mean, obviously greatest thing ever you know like meant to be and then we bought our first house in churchill okay and so yeah so we were churchill so very much very present in the east side of pittsburgh like i did all the little places and the things um and then um i don't know now who was your first child chloe chloe was chloe's my first child she's 18 now and she is a freshman at pepperdine university in malibu okay she left 
She, she, we'll, we'll, so far. So far. So far. And we'll get to that. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to we'll, that. We'll get to that. So you're living in Churchill, first child. Um, obviously, you know, the stockbroker thing didn't work yeah, out. Yeah, no, that it, didn't, it didn't work, work out. out for me either. See, I had <laughs> visions of being Gordon Gecko. Oh, I and, think I may have as well. Yeah. The problem with that is Gordon Gecko ended up in jail. And Correct. he didn't get to do a sequel until 30 years later. So <laughs> I don't know why I was thinking that was a good idea. But anyway. I, I didn't like to pick up the phone and call people. So yeah. I don't know why. Those were the days when you had to do that yeah, too. Ter- oh, my God. That's such a terrible experience. Yeah. Then I went into like sales and I was in sales for like a um, health insurance company. It was fine. But just And then I ended up owning my own business like before. Okay. So tell me about that. Tell yeah, I was that. just, I was a, um, I was a. It was a children's fitness franchise, okay. and I would go into preschools and nurseries and daycares, and I would teach kids from, like, gosh, two to five, just health and fitness, and I had some staff that worked with me, but it was really, it was a really nice, flexible job that I had because I had a little one at home, and I felt like I was contributing to society by, like, teaching kids healthy habits, and I like kids. Right. So, and it worked. I mean, it worked. Okay. And this business, um, at, at what point did... did obviously did dance, dance become moms. a part of your oh, life dance. yeah okay. like because yeah. to me and again admittedly never watching the show sure. you're welcome and um <laughs> yes thank I, you i would think just being just coming into it from that angle it's like okay so Where somebody in the family in? had to be a dancer no. or want to be a dancer I, yeah i think when i was a child i wanted to dance my grandparents would um like I did dance once a week, but I mean, it was, we were never in a position for it to be a serious thing. And so like all the dreams unrealized, living vicariously through my children, whatever you want to say. But when Chloe was two, I, I put her in the, the closest dance studio that I knew of. And that was the dance studio that ended up being on Dance Moms. And like, she was a student there from the time she was two years old. Like some of the girls on the show, literally they all grew up together. So she started dancing there when she was two. Then in 2010, she was nine and there was a casting call put out. Um, like we would see notices on the board of different things that were being cast. Like, and this is at the studio and they were casting a reality show um, for dance moms and kids. And the way that it was originally pitched to, to me that I understood it is that they were looking for like a mom and daughter, like in Pittsburgh to feature one week. And then somebody would be like in Texas the next week right, and then right. somewhere else the next week. And then they would all come back together for the finale of each season, which would be nationals. And then like, you might remember somebody from like the beginning of the season that you liked, but that was the original intent. But I think as everybody from that studio started like applying and the casting director started figuring out that we were all connected and all the people that we were talking crap on (laughs) with each (laughs) other, he was like, hold on a minute. There might be be something here. Right. So it was January of 2011. Um, they uh, Lifetime at that point had, I think, decided that they were going to fund the sizzle, which is basically like a pilot that nobody sees except for a production company. Right. Uh, I'm sorry, except for a network. Right. And so they sent a crew out. And I think there was like 25 or 30 families that auditioned as well as the teacher and everybody auditioned for the show. And then I got a call in... Um, was like the last day of February 2012 or I'm sorry 11 and they were like hey we're going to be there in April we're going to start filming the show Lifetime picked up six episodes and you're one of the cast members and I was like oh wow okay I was like well who else is on it 
And so then they started telling me and I was like, okay, okay, I can work with these people. And I'm like, all right. And it was everyone I knew. It was like people, my neighbor was on, it was all, we were all Pittsburgh girls. Um, except for one, she was from Ohio. She was the only one that was different, but the rest of us knew each other. And so the show premiered in July of 2011. And like by September of that year, I was getting calls to be like on the Today Show. Like they would be like, you need to be in New York tomorrow. You're live with, you know, Ann Curry. And then like you're going on the Katie Couric show and you guys are going to be on The View. And and we just kept saying like, who's watching this? Because yeah. we were still in Pittsburgh and we were living in our same houses. We were going to the same studio. The only thing that was different really in our lives is there was a camera crew following us around. It wasn't anything different. And it wasn't until... I think it was around October of 2011 that we went to New York City um, to do a promo for something. And we were literally on every single bus in New York and every bus stop, like our pictures. And we're like, what? This is yeah. crazy. Yeah. And then kids started recognizing us and adults started talking to us on the streets. And we're like, we're just some moms from Pittsburgh. And yeah. so it was really like, it was fun to see from the inside because we really had no idea. It wasn't like whatever. And here's something I think that is amazing and wonderful, especially for Pittsburgh. I'm sorry that we, I just want to make a blanket statement to Pittsburgh right now. I'm sorry that we didn't always represent you in the best light because we were fighting, but I cannot tell you how many times people stopped me and they were like, we loved that it was Pittsburgh. My family's from Pittsburgh. I love seeing all the Pittsburgh B-roll like, or I just felt like I knew you guys, you were like our neighbors because I think people like seeing something that wasn't New York or LA. I agree. I agree. Yeah. The whole world is kind of shifting to that. I mean, there for all the negativity you hear about this on-demand world we live in, mm -hmm. um, there's also a lot of positive aspects to it. I think that's one of them yeah. is that um, people that have visited Pittsburgh or people that are expats, you know, just through a show like Dance Moms or even just streaming uh, the, the literally tens of thousands of people that watch the videos that I put out there. Yeah. Um, I get comments on a consistent basis. It's, I haven't been there in years. Yep. Just love watching you drive through the Liberty tubes. You know, I'm like, I've driven through the Liberty tubes about four, four billion times. Yeah. Maybe, maybe 5 billion. Yeah. And, and um, I know that people love it. So I take a video of it. Well, that's really interesting. Huh? I didn't realize, but I guess I should, but I can't tell you. So our lives have kind of gone on. Like we've been very lucky in this, in this world and very just on track with social media starting the same time the show started. Yeah. Yeah. So very, like you talked about my following, like all of the people from the show have a tremendously huge followings, you know, that couldn't sustain businesses for a very long time. So that is a gift that the show provided for us. But, um, I cannot tell you how many times I have been in a meeting in either New York or Los Angeles. And somebody's like, my family's from Mount Lebanon. I grew up in my grandmother's from Squirrel Hill. Like crazy, isn't it? I, I, my Pittsburgh connection is on like it, it's a, it's just it's the thing. So totally different off the subject story, but Reese Witherspoon is married to a man who's from Pittsburgh, which I did not know. Yes. until now. I I don't know if he's and from I Pittsburgh. I love her. Yeah, I think my wife actually gave me permission to marry her. If we don't, you know, okay. Work so she's out. your she's your hall pass. She's 
Yeah, I got, yeah, she's yeah. Your hall pass. Strange way to put it, but yeah, yeah she's, Reese is my hall pass. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, well, Bradley Cooper is her hall pass. Right, I think so. Bradley Cooper is everyone's hall yeah. pass. She yeah. has going to have to get Actually, until you made that connection, I think Bradley Cooper was my hall pass, but yeah. whatever. Anyway, so, right, Reese Witherspoon's married to a guy from Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah. and um, we happen to be at... Uh, lunch, brunch on Easter a few years ago. My little one is very outgoing, and she had auditioned for Big Little Lies playing Reese's daughter. Ah, uh, love that. Show. Yeah. So yeah. my little one actually auditioned to play the role of Chloe, even though my older one's saying Chloe. Big right, brunch. Got it. Anyway, I got so it. Yeah. she marches up to Reese, unbeknownst to me at Easter, goes right up to her table. I think she was about six or seven at the time, and starts chatting with her. She's like, "Oh my gosh, you're Reese Witherspoon." She's like, "You have blonde hair. I have blonde hair." She's like, "I have legally blonde. You like pink. I like pink." She's like, "I auditioned for Big." little lies then she turns to her husband and she's like and you're from pittsburgh are you a penguins fan and he was like who is this child and he was a penguins fan but that's great clara totally knew that he was from Pittsburgh. i did not know that yeah okay yeah interesting yeah you know and then of course uh sophia vergara married yeah. a, a mount Le he's from mount lebanon i think, I think so joey is from mount lebanon but um, he always comes into stuff at the hospital children's because my yeah. husband was at children's for years. What would, what did your husband do at children's? Your um, husband do at children's? He was he was the director of marketing and communications. Oh, okay. So he did all I'm of making the, that trib connection and all that. Okay. He so left that the transformed trib into and then went to children's. Okay. So basically, the spokesman for the hospital for okay. a long time. I lived for a good part of my um, first few years in Pittsburgh, I owned property in Bloomfield. Okay. So on South Matilda Street, I lived oh, yeah. there uh, right around, with, back then it was St. Francis. Yeah, yeah. You know, and then they knocked it all down and became Oh my gosh, children's. I hope you kept it or got a great investment I held on that. to it for yeah. a while. I did I did sell it. Um, I, I, I made money on it, but I, I should have held on to it longer. Yeah, I, um, isn't, that's always the Well, way. I wanted to, but I had moved to Cranberry and I the, I had to manage a property myself in Bloomfield. I had three properties down there. It just became too much of a Yeah, so, sure. Yeah. Um, but that being said, so you, you, um, so, you know, dance moms is taking off. It's interesting the perspective you give on that because so often when you watch, uh, obviously any TV show, but mm -hmm. reality TV, especially unless it's like the housewives or somewhere, these mm -hmm. people, a few of them are already well-known sure. people. You don't really realize as somebody who's consuming that content that these people may not know. Yeah. Like they know, they might hear from their friends like, oh, well, the show's doing so good. And you're kind of like, great. You know, yeah. that's an no, interesting perspective no idea, that you're really. like, like, all I mean, we knew, but we right. didn't know. But you didn't really know. Yeah. Yeah. And then it became a thing that, I mean, this is a completely different conversation, but it became a thing that we were so micro, like just analyzed every little move and thing. And like I use generic uh, like like a store brand of jelly on the show, and I got ripped apart because <laughs> I used because it wasn't Welch's because it wasn't Welch's, and I was really? like seriously, yeah, like I mean just the things that you would get ripped apart of, and like I mean we were filming an insane amount of hours, and listen, you look tired, and those cameras are tight, and there is not very good lighting on you, and you'll look a little haggard, and I was told daily, and I'm like. I am so sorry that I'm not meeting your expectations. <laughs> like it just, it, it became like, I, again, Consuming. forever I'm grateful for it, but there are times I look back and I'm like, wow, like I'm grateful that social media wasn't as prevalent. Yeah. It was the beginning. Yeah, it was of, the so beginning. basically the beginning of social yeah, media. Yeah, pretty much. Instagram so, for sure. Yeah. Well, yeah. And so, you know, Dance Moms kind of wraps. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that we talked about is, 
a lot of the people on Dance Moms, um, for various reasons, you know, they went their, their own way. They're from Pittsburgh, but right. they, now they had a career. Now they right. had they had kind of a launching pad. So from what you've told me, most of them are gone yeah. in, in some fashion. I, yeah, I think everyone has, I was trying to think, everyone still has a house here. Um, but I would say, you know, it's, everyone has a house here. Some have moved more um, intentionally to Los Angeles. Um, others have gone back and forth. I've gone back and forth, but I am the only one with a, well, I shouldn't say the only one. Holly still has a, a son who's still in school, but I have the youngest other child that was not part of the show. Mm -hmm. And so it was really important for me to keep the home base somewhere that we knew that we were comfortable, that was home. And that really was here in Pittsburgh. So it was a really tricky thing for a couple of years trying to balance like keeping Chloe's career going, so to speak, like in Los Angeles, but maintaining a home base in Pittsburgh. A lot of long flights back and forth, but we always, always, always came back. She graduated from Mars Area High School. Mm -hmm. um, she ended up doing the cyber program, but her diploma says Mars. Like, right. I didn't put her, you know, in just straight cyber that was just, you know, the state school. I wanted them, both of my girls, to have, like, a, a community and home base. And she had school friends. Like, she went to homecoming and, and participated. Her, her life looked a little different than everyone else, but her life also looked a little different than everybody else on the show. And, and I'm not disparaging or judging any anybody else's decision, but that was what felt right for our family, mm -hmm. you know, and everybody did what they thought was right for themselves. Right, right. But your connection was here. My connection was here. And I would go to L.A. and I've had an apartment out there for a very long time. And I'd go out for maybe a week or two at a time with all the business stuff. And I would come home to Mars and or Pittsburgh, I should say. And it was like I could exhale again. It was like, oh, I'm right. Home. Yeah. You know, like, oh, okay. Like, I, I can relax for a minute. Yeah, and and I think I think that's important. I, I think that's something that Pittsburgh offers uh, and is offering more and more mm -hmm. is now you can almost taste that metropolitan lifestyle here, mm -hmm. um, but still have room to breathe. Yeah, for sure. It, it really is. Um it's, it's an interesting dichotomy because when I tell people I'm from Pittsburgh, I get a lot of like, like what, what who, like, <laughs> yeah. isn't that a steel town? I'm like, no, not really. I'm like, yeah. actually, it's really on the forefront of like technology and healthcare. But, yeah. you know, like nobody really knows that unless you know that. Unless you know it. Right? Yeah. Um, but I'm like, no, it's a really great city. And, and it truly is. And it's, again, like, I feel like I fought my whole life to come back here. So Why I'm would you leave now? Yeah, I do. Uh, but then, you know, I look at my kids, like my daughter went to school and I'm like, well, maybe I want to go over there. And I'm like, yeah. but that's not really home. But then maybe I want to go there. But now I kind of have, it makes me sad to think about not having roots here. That's exactly what it, what, I, what I'm talking about, you know, and, and the, the essence of Pittsburgh Beautiful and really the American Beautiful Network is that it doesn't matter where you live or where you're from. There's beauty to be, beauty to be found everywhere. Sure. And there's deep roots everywhere you look. And there's so much negativity about everything. I mean, I lived in Philadelphia for five years. Ask somebody from Pittsburgh about Philadelphia. You know what they say. Yeah, I was just going to okay, say. Look, uh, look, exactly. But ask somebody from Philly about Pittsburgh. I got tired of hearing all that. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I lived in Philly for five years. I soaked up as much as I could. And, and I can tell you, I like Pittsburgh better. 
but Philadelphia is an absolutely incredible yeah, city. Yeah, it's a really fun city. Incredible. It's a great city. So is New York. Yep. Huge. But so is Nashville. And so is Miami. And so is and so is Baltimore, in spite of all the bad press that it's gotten <laughs> in the last few years. It really is. It's yeah. a beautiful place. And the thing about the thing about Pittsburgh is that I, I wouldn't begrudge you if your if your daughter, you know, she graduates from high school and she trots off to college somewhere and you said, you know what? I have business opportunities. I, I, I it was a blessing with the show. I have these opportunities in LA. I'm gonna move to LA. Yeah. Of course. The thing about Pittsburgh that's the most incredible is that there's lots of people that will move and adopt somewhere as their home. I don't think anybody from Pittsburgh will move somewhere else and ever adopt anywhere else as their home. No. This will always be home. Roots run deep here. Right. I mean, right. truly, truly deep. I, I was in Ireland and I couldn't get over how many people from Ireland were like, oh, when I came to the United States and we were in New York, we came through Pittsburgh. I'm like, why? Like, what? Why? That's that's... I, but there's a lot of Steeler fans. But it's yes. a, it, Or they've had family who's moved here. It's just, it's really, it's, yeah, I don't know. You're right. It, it is a, like you're a Pittsburgher. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. just. It's different. One of the first podcasts in season one, if you go back and listen, I, I highly encourage you to listen to. It's the actual full first episode. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I, I can't, off the top of my head, I think I, I think the name of it is New Yorkers Traveling to Pittsburgh. But I had a travel agent from New York reach out to me when I first announced I was going to start a podcast. And this, you know, these are the kind of people I want. He hit me up via the, uh, it, it might have been Facebook Messenger or Instagram, I can't remember. But anyway, he hit me up and said, hey, I am a uh, travel agent who lives in a suburb right north of the city. I'm about 30 minutes outside the city. He said, and I spend an awful lot of my time sending people from New York City on vacations to Pittsburgh. Because they come to me and they don't want the classic Caribbean vacation and they don't want to blow it out. They want something that's unique, different. And, and a little bit on the inexpensive side. Mm -hmm, sure. And Pittsburgh is absolutely perfect. And they'll they'll look at me. I'll, I'll say I have a perfect travel package for you, you know, four days and three nights in Pittsburgh. And they look at me and go, Pittsburgh? And I lay it all out for them. Yeah. The typical sites, the point I watch. Yeah. Um, he says, they come back to me and they book them every year, at year after year. Wow. He said, and not only that, I said, so how did you end up doing this? I mean, what, you know, yeah. you're from New York. How did you find this? <clears throat> and he said, I, I lived in Pittsburgh um, from the time I was, and I'm going to get this wrong. It's in the podcast, mm -hmm. but I, I think it was like I, from the time I was like six, <clears throat> pardon me, from the time I was six to the time I was like 12. Okay. For six years. And he actually lived in Butler County. He I think he lived up in Butler City. Okay. Um, other than that, not born in Pittsburgh, spent six years of his in Butler. childhood life. What he remembers from that time is when you drove into Pittsburgh, coming down, now 79 wasn't there. You had to come down the old, uh, whatever the highway was, yeah. old, old Route 19. He said, what I remember coming down there is I could smell it before I could see it. Then he left Pittsburgh at 12, moved around the country, ended up settling in New York. He's been there for 35 or 40 years, been a travel agent. He says, to this day, when people ask me where I'm from, I'm from Pittsburgh. Oh I God. still tell them that because I'm a Steelers fan. He said, when I lived there, the Penguins were horrible, yeah. but I was a Penguins fan yeah. and I was a Pirates fan. And to this day, Aww. I still am. And that's the thing. Even people that aren't from here, they spend a very <laughs> small amount of time that 
admittedly, I don't remember the ages of six to 12. Yeah. I remember watching Star Wars and playing with Star Wars figures. And I think falling off my bike. And <laughs> But, you know, they consider themselves a Pittsburgher. And, and that's why... Uh, that's why I do this podcast. Yeah. That's well, that's why, why I agreed to do it because, you know, like you reached out and I was like, oh, I was like, I'm a Pittsburgh girl, you know, like I, I really, truly am. So when, when I'm going to ask you that question now, okay. what, what, when, when you think about Pittsburgh, there's so many things that you can think about that you love. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sites, uh, food, you know, oh, fries, permani sandwiches. Yeah. Uh, do you eat permani sandwiches occasionally? Yes, of course. Good Lord. Yes. And, uh, French fries and coleslaw on a sandwich. Who'd have thought? Who'd have thought? Absolutely. I wish I could figure out something like ketchup and chocolate ice cream. Yeah, really. You know, that's kind of what it seems like. Right. um, What's the one thing about Pittsburgh that you think is the biggest draw or the best thing about it? The people. Yeah. Hands down, it's the people. Yeah. And I kind of gave you some hints when we were talking before. Yeah, but but I would have said that no matter what. Yeah, I know. That's what it is. I know. Does everyone say that? It's a hundred percent across the board. Yep, because it's the people. It's the it's the kindest. And, and people don't get me, don't get me wrong. I don't think people in Pittsburgh are like pushovers or like wet noodles or anything. No, it's By not about no, that. Nope. It's people are kind and they are neighborly and there's something a little bit retro about the feeling here. It, it is. It's yes. a little. You know, sometimes we might not be up to date on everything. We might not have the latest trends and stuff. But I think that that's part of the charm because it keeps you a little bit like it's a little old school. Well, it keeps you humble. Uh-huh. Yeah. And it keeps you working, you know, hard. Hard. Hard workers. Um, Always trying to yeah. catch up to that trend. Yeah. And never quite. It's almost like a bar you set that every time you get close, you push it a little higher and a little higher. Yep. And I have, you know, my first couple of years in Philly were a culture shock. Um, the people aren't mean there. You would think they are by the way they act. They're just different. Mm-hmm. You know, they, you go to a restaurant instead of how can I help you? Or, you know, it's like, what do you want? Yeah. And I would, I called my mother, mom, these people are so mean. Now my mom had a little experience. She said, no, no, honey, they're, 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 they're Philadelphians. Okay. <laughs> they, they, they're, they're upset that they're not New Yorkers. Yeah. Uh, and I can, I'll give you my off, off podcast. I'll, I'll tell you what I figured out about Philly that blows people's mind. But anyway, but then I, I transitioned and I moved to Pittsburgh right out of college and it was, it was culture shock all over again. Cause I got used to five years of Rough. people screaming and yelling yeah. at me and all that. And that's just the way they are. And I come here and they're like, you know, what do you need? Yeah. Can I help you move in? I just met you and I'm your neighbor, but I'll unload the truck for you. 100%. Where in the hell did you come from? Yeah. You know, just, and yeah. it's, in, it is absolutely incredible. It's weird. It, it's totally that way. And I would like to know, I, there has to be like a case study or something out there, but it's really interesting. I would like to know what makes it different. Like why, why are people that way here versus why aren't they that way other places? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I could, I could play historian and guess and say it was a frontier town. It got taken over by the French, then the English, then the war with the native Americans. And then in the civil war, what I know is because of its proximity to the rivers, it produced a lot of coal and iron and steel. So they built a lot of cannons and the steel industry grew and, um, you know, this was the cradle of America's first big revolution. And so you had a lot of people who unfortunately 
uh, were were you know overworked and yeah, underpaid. Say, yes. But they they that that's why that family unit you had to stick together, and it just continued. And you mentioned something earlier, right before we right before we wrap it up here, uh, where you talked about how you know when you're out in L.A. or your other places, people mm-hmm. are like you're from Pittsburgh. You mm-hmm. know, isn't that a steel town? It's it's an interesting thing. Uh, I was talking to somebody, I can't remember who it was, and then I was reading an article about it, um, that yes, our hospitals, our education system, and the technology companies that are coming in, they are cutting edge and they are growing, but steel and energy is still the largest producer of wealth in this region, and it's still keeps that engine rolling so that i didn't know that right that undercurrent is still there and i truly believe because of that and the fact that that has helped even through the downtimes Mm -hmm. as it rises again it's helping to prop up all these new and innovative things taking that energy that we have as pittsburghers and turning it into the new wave of food and, and, Hmm. and apps and startups uh I truly believe that Pittsburgh is the greatest city in this country. I don't, I mean, New York is an incredible place. And it's, yeah, it's, a, it's different. It, it's, it's New different. York. But, yeah. And it's a melting pot. Okay. But when you really look at what's going on in this, this is the cradle of America. This is where the steel for a lot of the buildings in New York was made. Yeah. You know, it's, it's where the ships that, that were in the Civil War were, they were birthed, a lot of them. Pittsburgh was the third largest port in the country behind New York and New Orleans in the 1860s. Hmm. Who'd have thought that? Yeah, no, I didn't. Now we, we, yeah, now we drink Iron City on the river. Yeah. Not a whole lot of that anymore, but, you know, I mean, who would have thought that? Yeah. So um, I, I just think it's it's incredible. So I got about 30 seconds here. Okay. So I wanted to say thank you. No, thank you so much. For taking the time. Um, and I want everybody to know that if they're interested in following Christy, she has a YouTube channel, Christy Lukasiak. Yeah, I'm Christy Lukasiak across all socials. And she, yes, Instagram, Facebook. She's she's a great Facebook group. She's crushing it. Facebook yeah, group. she's Thank crushing you. it. So make sure you make sure you uh, follow her everywhere. And um, I hope we can have you back, Christy. Thank you. I'd love that. Thank all you right. so much for having me. You're welcome. Thank you. That wraps this episode of the Pittsburgh Beautiful Podcast. Uh, Many thanks to Christy for taking the time to come and talk with me at Starbucks. Uh, We had a great conversation. She's got a lot of things going, as she said at the end of the podcast. Uh, She is Christy Lukasiak all over social media, uh, and you can find her there. She's doing a lot of fun things, putting up a lot of great videos, um, really giving back and helping her community. Uh, and I think it's incredible that that she decided to stay in the Pittsburgh area to raise her younger daughter and keep her grounded in the values that, that we find to be so Pittsburgh beautiful. So, Christy, we wish you all the best uh, in your endeavors in the future. We will certainly continue to follow you online. And again, can't thank you enough for being part of the Pittsburgh Beautiful podcast. Now. You can find Pittsburgh Beautiful online on social media the same way. We're Pittsburgh Beautiful everywhere. You can even ask Alexa to play the Pittsburgh Beautiful podcast, and I'm pretty sure she'll do it for you. And be sure to subscribe to this podcast on iHeartRadio or anywhere you get your podcasts for more exciting things. I'm Chris Klein, the founder and host of the Pittsburgh Beautiful podcast. I want to thank you for listening and helping to make Pittsburgh Beautiful stay real.